0: You're listening to The Packernet Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry. Also available in zero sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild.
1: You, you feel
2: this this nervousness on the phone, there, sir? I've been trying to
3: make
4: an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You gotta make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. pray caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Packernet After Dark. You know what time it is. You know what we're here to do. We had a good little reprieve, I'll be honest. We had a little, uh... We had... A, we had... I'm not even gonna... We can't call it a week. It wasn't quite a week, but... We'll say a week for the sake of me not having to count how many days it was. We had a week of positivity and a week of, um... Well, Thomas Austin got to throw in his his shots, and it looks like he called in uh, a few times here prior to the game. So he gets a couple more shots in (laughs) before uh, things turn sharply. Uh, We do have a call from – here's what we're going to – what should we do? I think what we're going to do is we're going to – we do have a new caller, and usually new callers go first, but we're going to get through the pregame calls first just so that those are done then we'll go to the new caller and then we'll continue on because it just kind of is like you know you go to the new caller and it's like this freaking team and then you go back to ah hey uh here's my prediction for the game just kind of has a weird flow to it but um with that being said let's start off with blake's dad this is at 802 in the morning so
3: brian this is uh, blake's dad hey my name, my name's not Blake. Blake's dad. That's my daughter. Got it. Um,
4: yep, messed up.
3: I was just calling because it's gold package game today. Um, my parents have seasons. I'm I'm 32 years old. My parents have season ticket packages um, for the gold package, and pretty soon I'll have them because they um, are old and don't want to go anymore. Fair enough. Um, but I'm irritated because they gave away their tickets for tonight's game and didn't even ask me if I wanted to go. Like what the heck? Wondering if I should um, leave them maybe a little Don't go. <clears throat> treat like on their front porch. Don't go.
4: Some, Save the treats for yourself. Front fire
3: is what I was thinking. You know, it'd be, it'd be- You know what you should do?
4: Let me tell you. I'm gonna reach back into time with my voice and speak to you right now. Go get a giant bucket of Kentucky Fried Chicken and drown your sorrows in the bucket. Okay. Don't give the treat to your parents. Treat yourself. To a giant, the biggest bucket of chicken that they have, and do not give your family any. It's for you and your sorrows. Pretty funny.
3: <laughs> um,
4: but
3: anyways, I'll probably call it tonight at some point during the game just so my daughter can uh, say what's up, and hope we hope we get a win tonight. But yeah, I'm. Uh, I think that's a good idea. I think I think that'd be pretty cool. What do you think? Later
4: bucket of chicken. Trevor, what's going on, man? Trevor? Nope. Faulty. He's trying to dial right now, and it already went through. Let's try that again, Trevor. This is at 12.30 p.m.
2: Hey, Ryan. This is before the game. Yes, I'm sure it is. You won't play it till after, but uh... Just getting more nervous about the game tonight, hoping we can shut down Derrick Henry. I think that'll be the key. Derrick Henry and being able to hit I mean, likely Christian Watson, if not, you know, I don't know who else, but over the top uh, on offense, because you know, if you look at the rankings, Tennessee has a great run defense, pass defense even terrible, so it's gonna be important I think for us to be able to at least get some pass production. I'm not saying we should be passing all day, but you know, to hit an early ball, uh, you know, for a nice chunk to kind of back them up a little bit. Let our Dylan and Jones get get to work a little bit. Hoping that happens and you're opening this and listening to it to a win to a victory Friday. But uh other than that, uh just I know there's a lot of talk about Packer fans not being loud, and I I I do get like the floor and back these players and coaches are telling the fans you know when to shut up and when to get loud. But um you know and then fans calling them there like oh yeah it was loud, but it's like yeah it was loud at the right point. But I I also just don't think Packer games come through as loud on TV um as other teams do because. um like, it's literally the only stadium left that's straight up a bowl. Like, the seats go up and then it goes straight up out. Like, after the boxes, there's no overhang back to reflect the sound back down or anything. Um and so, you know, all these other stadiums these days, they're designed for the sound to bounce back and, you know, be extra loud. Obviously, Lambeau's not that it's an old historic stadium and all the, all the sound just escapes right at the top. Even, even stadiums that are open, a lot of them just have that little bit of a, Overhang at the top of the stadium that, you know, bounces back a lot of that noise. So I think that's probably a big reason why you don't really hear it on TV, too, is because it's not it's just not coming back like that. Um,
4: probably a big part of the reason they don't hear it on the field, too.
5: But
2: obviously Packers fans could be a little better in the crowd. Um, I've only been to Lambeau Field once back in 2013 for a playoff game, and I was in the end zone, and there was a bunch of younger people, and, everybody was staying in the whole game. So I never experienced the sit down stuff, but it was playoff different atmosphere. But um, yeah. yeah, anyway, go pack, go. Hopefully we're listening to this while we enjoy another victory and headed to Philly.
4: Yeah. And the, and the, I think the big difference is because I know you're right about that, but I mean, I've heard it loud there. I've definitely heard it loud and you can hear it start to get quieter and you can hear when it gets loud. Like I said, one of the, things that annoys me too is it's not until the very last second right after they break the huddle and they're standing at the line of scrimmage for two seconds if they're even at the line of scrimmage that long then you start to hear it get loud dude it should be loud when they're in the huddle that's like one of the biggest points when you want it to be loud just feels like packer fans are lazy with noise like i don't want to it's weird and my throat hurts and i just want to sit for a minute like okay fine i'll wait till the very last second And I'm going to get up and, oh, he snapped it. I guess I'll sit back down. That's no big deal. It's dumb. And by the way, the booing. You know how stupid you make us look with the booing? I know it's frustrating. But that's so stupid. (laughs) Like, you know, we, we get called spoiled all the time. And we just proved it right then and there. Like, you know, I don't know. Whatever, I don't know. I, I thought it was stupid.
5: So I just saw that the Eagles, after their one loss of the season, uh, and I believe Jordan Davis going down, they went up and picked Ndamukong Sue and Linval Joseph just out of the air. Now they're old, and a lot of people are counting them out, but I mean, like that's a lot of beef on that line now. Even then before.
4: Eagles have always done that. It's so weird. There's just like a culture there, you know, even with prior coaches. I remember this was a while ago, last time, I think the last time they were actually quite good, but they already had a full stack, like an elite front four and they went out in free agency and got like a defensive lineman. I don't remember the exact details of it, but it's just like, it was insane to me. And I remember it was around the time we had Petten, because I remember he was doing the same stuff. So I don't know, 2017-ish sometime around then. But, uh, yeah, it looks like the Eagles are sticking with that formula.
5: Like I can imagine what that team would look like two years ago if they had all the pieces they have now. Just wild what the NFL can be like in just a couple of years. Would like to hear your thoughts on if there's anyone that the Packers would be able to pick up. That would be helpful to the team outside of the people that they picked up recently. All right. Oh, and also, once again, Packers won. All you naysayers, suck it. Yeah. Okay,
4: fine. Yeah. After that pathetic loss, no. There's nobody that we could pick up that would be worthwhile because we need a new defensive line. We need a new edge rushers, linebackers, safeties, corners. Probably could use a couple offensive linemen, wide receivers, Um, maybe tight ends. I don't know. I don't know. So, no. No, I don't think we can pick anybody up.
5: So, uh, recently I've been going around doing my job, and my job takes me to a lot of places. And when I go to a lot of places, I meet a lot of people, and a lot of people have a tendency to showcase teams that uh, they like to watch, that they support. And I come across a lot of Steelers, Cowboys, and Bears fans in Missouri. It's really weird. Uh, But the reason why I'm calling today is I want to hear the worst interaction that you've ever had with a Bears fan, a Vikings fan, a Lions fan.
4: It was on Twitter.
5: Because as a kid, you know, lines were drawn in the sand. You liked a team, you hated other teams, kids are ready to fight. And then you grow up and then you suddenly realize that some people, they're like, enjoy the Bears and yet somehow are cool. It's just, ugh, it's just, it doesn't my brain doesn't know how to work that. Um but regardless, I want to hear uh the worst interaction. And it can be in person or online. I prefer in person just because online you can get a bunch of weirdos. Like half the people call in here thinking that the packers are done for. Losers. But we're winners, but we're losers because we're not at five hundred percent or five.
4: It's a bold strategy calling in knowing that there's a good chance the Packers could lose this game, and that's when I'm going to play this. Yet. We can be losers together.
5: Hashtag losers club. Hashtag human game. Hashtag, hashtag, don't read
4: it. All right, bye. Worst interaction, I don't know. I mean, I grew up in Illinois. I don't really remember terrible interactions with the Bears. Um, I, I don't. I mean, it, it just – it was it was more fun and playful, mostly because the Packers always won, so I just enjoyed fighting with people all the time and winning uh it was it's all been online just d bags online being stupid. Wish I had a better answer for you, but I don't
5: hey, it's Thomas again. just hey, calling uh I'm here waiting for a customer to show up for my final stop of the day um and a thought came into my head immediately after I hung up the phone uh so you got the Packers, you got the Bikes, Lions, Bears in this division. Now, if they were in a war movie, what would their characters be based on how their season's going this year? I'm just gonna assume that you've seen some more movies, but if you don't, you can attribute it to any other genre of movie. It can be a comedy because, well, there's only one good per- team and the other three are no one knows what they're doing.
4: I'm trying to understand this question, Tom characters in a war movie so like Ryan from Saving Private Ryan like that guy is the Packers because he's a coward or like what how does this work exactly
5: they're just goofing around having a good old time it can be a comedy be a horror movie they can be whatever you want
4: well alright the Packers are definitely a horror right. movie um, are we picking movies cause you said character I kind of want to rip through these, because I have a feeling we need to get to the calls about the game. I'm just going to do the Packers, because I don't want to have to think about the other teams right now. All right. I know what... I got to think of the name of the movie. I know exactly the movie. You ever seen The Good Son? It's a very good movie. I actually forgot about it. Um, I don't know. I did not even know how it popped into my head. Now I want to go watch it, because it is a phenomenal movie. I was thinking horror movie, and I'm like, what are some horror movies? And for some reason, this movie popped into my head, but... Very simply, it's Macaulay Culkin, and he's staying with his aunt and uncle. Oh, wait, Macaulay Culkin isn't. Another kid is staying with Macaulay Culkin and his family. Anyways, Macaulay Culkin is a psychopath, legitimately. Like, he tortures animals and stuff, and he's doing crazy stuff. Point is, the Packers are our family, and they're trying to kill us. They're trying to stab me in my heart and considering how how much i'm still thinking about that bucket of chicken i know for a fact they want my heart to stop one way or another it's going to it's going to end my heart is going to stop and it's the packers fault and they did it to me on purpose with a smi- with a little psychopathic smirk on their face all right tom let's go what else you got
5: all right throwing off the football talk for a second okay uh i got another quick little question um what is in your opinion I guess I was going to ask what's the best, but I'm just going to ask your favorite. What is your favorite guitar, solo, riff, beat, whatever, uh, in any song? What is your favorite one?
4: So this is one of those things where there's probably a better answer, but I'm going to go with the one that comes off the top of my head. Um, And I would encourage you to go watch it because it's 10 times better if you're watching it than just listening to it. Um, I will give you a snippet of it, but it is Tender Surrender by Steve Vai. (laughs) uh it's a lot of that. Steve Vai is um incredibly underrated in my opinion. Um I, I guess I shouldn't say that. If you're like big time into guitar circles you probably think he's overrated because people talk about him all the time. But outside of like big time um guitar people, most I don't think most people know who Steve Vai is. If you don't know who he is, just know that he's the guy that did the soundtrack for uh, Halo. So there you go. But uh, he, is, he is something else, man. He is incredible. By the way, his fingers are so unbelievably long, it looks awkward the way he plays the guitar. Like, his hands engulf the guitar. It's kind of ridiculous. But I—I I, to this day, I get chills watching that video. Go on YouTube, Steve Vai, V-A-I, Tender Surrender.
5: And then follow-up to that one is, what's your favorite drum solo? Oh, boy. Or some, I don't, I'm not a music person, so I don't know exactly what specifically their like, little things are, but
6: favorite
5: drums? What's your favorite singer? Let's get into some music questions. I haven't gone to music for a while. All right, I'll call back with a couple more. No, here's what I'll do. I'll think of a couple of the word association games, and I'll come up with a couple things. And so you don't have to say just one word for it. It's you can come up with. Do you not want to know the drumming thing anymore? Oh, hey. Justin Fields and then you would be like I love the guy, he's my favorite prospect I can't wait to see what he's going to do in the future You know, that's something what you would say That is what I'm talking about with that word association game Anyway, we'll go with music All right, bye
4: I I still don't know if you want to know the answer to the question Or if you just moved off of that Um, Singer's tough, there's a lot of really good ones It's hard to beat Freddie Mercury though But a lot of really good singers. And then I don't exactly know drum solo. But I do think Neil Peart is probably the best drummer um, that I know of. Probably the most underrated drummer is Alan White from Yes. It's not as like, you know, crazy, like awesome drum solos as you get from Neil Peart. But if you try to drum along, just like, just on your lap or whatever, just in your car trying to drum along with uh, Yes, can't do it. It's freaking impossible. He's all over the place. At least I can't do it. Oh, he just died this year? I didn't know that. Alan White just died this year. Well, in honor of him, here's just here's a snip. It, it's a very simple thing, and if, if you're a drummer, this is probably like, oh, it's not that bad. But, I mean, it's, it's usually a song like this. It's just a simple little rhythm that you can easily get into. I can't freaking do it. then as soon as you finally are like, all right, I think I got it. He's like, all right, we're moving on to something else. It's like, oh, come on, man. And I skipped the beginning of this because I thought people would think the song is way too obnoxious, but go listen to the beginning of Close to the Edge. (laughs) Stupid. Anyways, all right. All right, we're getting there. It is now uh, six forty, so we got Nate calling in, and then we're then we're in the game, I believe. After hey this, back
7: Eddie. it's Nate. Hey. Um, just wanted to call in with some pregame thoughts. I'm watching. The uh, warm up right now, uh, watching the whole thing about Christian Watson, but they obviously replayed his backflip, and I kind of noticed this when it happened. But like, what what is wrong with Christian Watson? And I mean in in a good way. He is, is he just such a freak athlete that everything he does looks like it's in slow motion? Because <laughs> the backflip looked like it defied all laws of gravity. He's like
4: 6'5", so yeah, it's impossible. Kind of
7: just oop, hop, and then he just happened to just spin fully around and landed it, and it didn't look that difficult. He didn't <laughs> look like he even pushed off that hard to do that. It was crazy. Um, I don't know. I mean, I know it's the NFL. They're all freak athletes, but like, they're just, just different. Um, that uh, that being said, uh, you know, go pack go. Let's hope they pull off a win against the Titans. I'm hoping that they go on a run here. Um, just God, I hope they stop Derek Henry or it's gonna be a long night.
4: Um, yeah they they kind of didn't. Everyone's gonna be like, oh, they did. He had like three yards per carry. Yeah, but he ran for 750 yards and he got like 64 touched uh, first downs. So.
8: Hey, what's up? Hey. My name's Lane actually. Hey Lane People call me Potato Head every time I leave the state. People call me Potato. <laughs> but uh sorry, it's name's Savage playing safety. I mean still like <laughs> uh we're only four minutes into the fourth quarter. But uh Savage is playing safety and he comes down into the box on a passing play and leaves is it Bo Nixon on on his own. Come on, can we just keep Savage off the field or Find something for him to do, go
4: play patty cake or whatever. anyway, hope you're having a good experience. Have a good one. yeah,'m i uh whatever was left of my desire to keep savage around is is just gone at this point. Um, I felt like on every one of those blown passing plays, and I think there were about seventeen of them. I made that number up, but it feels right. Savage is either in the area or or he's nowhere in the area, and the announcers are saying, oh, yeah, Savage, they moved him to nickel and he got lost, or you got um, two guys running the same way. And, and although I don't know which one it is, the fact that every single time Savage is the common denominator and the fact that Razul Douglas turns around and looks at him and starts screaming at him, you know, I just kind of feel like the guy's got raw talent. As far as speed, but he just he doesn't know what he's doing out there. I don't I think he's lost. And you can say, well, he's in the slot and it's new. Is it though? Is it new? Is this issue new? The the thing with him not knowing where to be and what to do. Um I mean, I I, I can't pin it on him losing the game for us because there were so many things that went wrong and we lost by a lot of points. Um, but man, if there was one person I had to put it on. If 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 somebody came to me and said there was one person that if they had swapped them out, you would have won this game, who do you think it would be? I would have said Savage because those big plays were killing us big time. I mean, you, you stop the run first down, second down, and then you give up a 42-yard pass, and that was just happening all night long. Um, And then our defense couldn't get off the field, so they started getting tired. Our offense wasn't on the field, and so – I mean, it's hard to score a lot of points when you get like four opportunities to score and you score on, you know, two of the four or whatever stupid thing. I don't know. Stupid.
8: Oh, man, they just block our kick. Anyways, I know you're not paying attention to what time the timeline's at. So, uh, end of the first.
1: Christian Watson!
4: (laughs) Yeah, we, uh, we know where we're at when you said block kick. Fortunately, it only happened the one time. But uh, yeah, that's, uh, it, that, that, was, that was kind of the sign that we were looking more like the Lions Packers than the Cowboys Packers when you finally have something go your way and then the kick gets blocked. It's like, you know, this looks a lot like the five weeks prior to Dallas when you can't, you just can't have nice things. You know, anytime something good happens, it gets taken away. You know, you get a pick, and then Rodgers gives it back. You get a touchdown, and the extra point is blocked. You know, it's just – it's it's stuff like that. I know the Rodgers thing didn't happen. I'm just saying that happened in others, other games. Um, that that was kind of the first indication that I have a bad feeling about this.
8: Okay, I'm not going to mess with you anymore. unless Something cool happens. But All
4: right. I really like Rudy Ford. He goes up for that, the pick. Uh, what are we at,
8: 1144 in the second? He goes up for the pick. Misses it, comes down, still grabs an ankle, That was a nice tackle. play. It, we got something in him. He is he's going to be good. I, just, we just need to figure out how to get Savage off the field. Anyways, please.
4: Yeah, Rudy had a couple bad plays after that. I think everybody started to disintegrate. Everybody that I was rooting for or saying was having a good day, including Rodgers. You know, I, my whole thing was, all right, we're done, it's tank mode, but I'm going to change my opinion on Rodgers. Um, and then he started to disintegrate. You know, Rudy Ford was looking pretty good and he started to disintegrate. I mean, it's just everything kind of fell apart. And then then the game ended with uh, Jair giving up a deep pass down the sideline. And, you know, again, like the announcer said, I'm sure you're expecting a uh, run, so you're not really thinking about it, but it's still, it's just, just to cap it all off, to prove that you have nothing to be happy about. You know, our, our star defensive player gets beat down the sideline it's like you bunch of jerks i swear
6: uh yeah jersey mike here hey, uh, man. real quick um joe barry question when you're like got the back you know of the defense to the end zone and they're going in for a score is that time to play zone coverage and soft underneath <laughs> to to give it up so uh, it like, so like wait what, what are we doing what are we doing there is nobody that is going to get past this defense over the top. So man up on these guys and force them, force them to throw over your heads. What, what is this? This is ridiculous. This Joe Barry defense can't play football because Joe Barry is forcing them to play like soft little freaking babies. Yeah.
4: Well, and the, the really annoying thing is you keep giving up the short passes and you're feeling good about that. You know, you, you, if you get a stop on first down, and now it's 2nd and 10, and you decide, okay, it's okay to give up the the pass underneath and force him into 3rd down. No, it's not, because if it's 3rd and 3 or less, Derrick Henry will get a 1st down. It has to be 3rd and long. Now, you're going to give that up anyways, but there were so many times that they were in 3rd and short. So many times. I mean, yeah, he's he's getting 3 yards per carry. That's because half of his carries... Our third down dives where he's just trying to get that extra yard and he gets two or three, and you're like, oh, we're only holding him to three yards. They're only trying to get two. So I don't know. It's just the uh, the whole thing sucked. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much all the way out on Joe Barry. You could say it's not all his fault. That's fine. But a lot of it is. This is inexcusable. The Tennessee Titans scored more points by the end of the third quarter then they have the entire season against any other team. Dallas, we gave up the second most points that they had all season. Second most they had all season. We are legitimately one of the worst defenses in football. I don't care about the injuries. You still have Kenny Clark on this team. You still have Jair on this team. You still have Razul on this team. You've got Quay, who was one of the few guys making plays, it seemed like, on there. You still have Adrian Amos. You have Dean Lowry, who is a fully adequate player. He's not a star, but he is—he is plenty adequate. As is Jaron Reed. Uh, you know, Preston Smith is—is is good, uh, above ad- adequate, slightly below elite. There are more than enough pieces to be something other than garbage. That is inexcusable. And anybody saying this is a Brian Gutekunst failure is out of their freaking mind. There is no reason. Okay, fine, it's not a top five. I don't care. It should be a top half. Can you be top 16, top 15, top 12? You should be. Even with the injuries, you should be. Because there are not 16 teams with better rosters than this. There just are not. It's just, it's so pathetic.
6: So apparently the Dallas game was... The fluke, or at least it was the fluke for the coach's play calling because the Titans on third down are automatic getting a first
4: down. By the way, they, they kept talking about like how great their red zone offense is and everything, but they rarely talked about the fact that their offense in general is straight-up trash. And they're talking, oh, Derrick Henry is just unstoppable. He He hasn't really been unstoppable this year. That's not really the case. In fact, last week, the whole narrative is Derrick Henry had a crap game, and Ryan Tannehill is kind of a crap quarterback, and this team kind of sucks, and I don't really know what to do about it. And now you got Ryan Tannehill looking like he's Aaron Rodgers, and you got, you know, Derrick Henry looking like he's 2020 Derrick Henry. It's like, uh, this is ridiculous.
6: And those play calls coming out of the end zone. I know you can't be that aggressive, but. Dylan up the
8: middle, Dylan up the middle. That hasn't worked all year. Hope for this kickoff goes better.
4: Yeah, and it's it's one of those things too where you're thinking, okay, don't get away from the run. But I mean, Dylan is he he just is not getting it done for whatever reason. And and at half the time it's not his fault. He's getting blown up in the backfield. I don't know if it's when he's out there they're stacking the box or I, I have no idea why. He, he's just the most unlucky running back in the world, but um. If you would have told me the game plan coming out of our end zone, Dylan twice and then pass, I would have said you that has like a four percent chance of making it, and three of those percent are on our third down pass. There there's just there's no way. I don't know. I don't I don't fully understand what's going on.
6: Hey, this is Chris from Alabama, man. Hey, and then last Halftime drive or the drive before halftime with 32 seconds. I just felt like we should have been more aggressive, but uh, once again, the offense after the defense makes a pretty much you might as well say a goal line stand stops on fourth down, whatever you want to say in the red zone, no points. The offense goes three and out, and then. Gives Tennessee a short field and they go down and punch it in. Yep. And that's just been a theme all season, to seems like when the defense does make a play, does do their job, right. the offense can't get it done. They give it right that back. That has to change in the second half. We got a whole half to play, fourteen to six. Is it's definitely not over. And it's definitely a lot of a lot of ball game left for them. They're gonna sit back and watch for it. Yeah, I think we should have been more aggressive uh, with the 32
1: seconds
6: yep. to at least get a field goal and set ourselves up to maybe take the lead with the first position in the, in the second half. But I'm going to watch this game, and hopefully the second half will go a whole lot better than the first, man. Go Pack Go.
4: You know, I think that's, that the lack of aggression is a good point because I think, I think this has been a problem since Matt LaFleur got here, the lack of aggression. It's the reason we never really put teams away. Now, when you're really good, you don't need to be aggressive. You can kind of coast to your three point five point seven point victory and you're good. But when you're not very good and when your season is literally on the line, you can't coast and you can't play it safe. We know Joe Barry's safe, but but Matt LaFleur is too. I mean, we saw it last week when they had plenty of opportunity to go down and and, and score to win the game. And they just decided not to. And the same thing here. There there just is this, this like they're scared of doing the wrong thing. They're scared of of I don't know. It's just it's just a and it's not all the time. Sometimes they're aggressive and and I probably give them a hard time about that too. You should have kicked the field goal or whatever, but um it just doesn't it, it, it feels like they're trying to be responsible, you know? like we we want to do the right thing here. We don't want to take chances. We don't want to try to dig too deep in our our playbook and find that that trick play to kind of spark something here. We we don't need any of that. I mean, the Tennessee Titans how how many plays did they run that are plays that are that are so deep in the playbook that we haven't even seen anything quite to that extent. Like a direct snap to the running back with with the uh, that, that was an old like high school play. I saw that on like Facebook years ago, where the uh, the quarterback comes walking to the sideline and they snap it, and the guy takes off running when the defense isn't looking. They didn't fall for it, but but you know that kind of stuff. And then the uh, the handoff to the running back who does a jump uh, fadeaway shot to the tight end. You know, I mean, they're, they're they're scraping the bottom of the playbook to fight and scrap and claw, and for what? Their season isn't over. They're in the playoffs. They they pretty much got it locked up. They're number one in the division. But every game is like the Super Bowl, and they didn't come in here underestimating us. I, don't, I know we didn't underestimate them. We knew that they were going to be a tough matchup. We knew they were going to be a tough team. And it, you know, even hearing the announcers about the defense talking about, you know, Joe Barry, he had a plan, and he's sticking, he's sticking to it. He's sticking to it. He's sticking to it. Yeah, he did. And we kept getting the same result over and over and over again. Well, look how good he's doing against... Derrick Henry, I, I don't, okay, that's great. We're still losing, aren't we? What good does, I mean, this this felt like old Dom Capers' defense. Stop him on first, stop him on second, give up 12 yards on third. That's classic Dom Capers. But you're right, it's it's just, they're just safe. And they're used to playing it safe and winning barely. And it worked for them. We didn't really like it. We wanted them to be aggressive and put teams away, but but they didn't. They coasted to a couple of close wins. But, again, now now we're not good enough to do that. We have to, to go all out for four quarters. If you start coasting, you start playing safe, we're going to lose, and we have been all year long.
2: Hey, Ryan, it's Craig. It's halftime. watching the Packer game. The special teams are terrible. Our kickoffs, we were kicking it to about the 10-yard line. Yeah. Terrible. Bad punt out of the end zone. Yep. Less than 40 yards. And then a blocked field goal. So, Certainly thought our new coach was going to do a better job than that. But let's go. Second half, go back out.
4: Yeah, I don't I don't get it, man. I mean, listen, Rich Passaccia was never – he never really had that good of special teams units. But, I mean, the things that we see with the special teams are things that just don't happen. I mean, they're so rare, like blocked extra points and things. Like, those things don't happen. Those are maybe, maybe once a season things. And and in all honesty, over five years, maybe you see it twice. It's so rare. And it's just, it's commonplace for us. It's happening all the time. And we bring somebody else in. And I thought at a baseline, you know, I mean, there's a lack of talent, fine. But as a baseline, you're not going to have the the mental mistakes. But again, it, it just comes back to culture. I mean, you can be a coach that gives them all the information but their ability to absorb it and apply it and to to do the right thing in that moment you know just because rich knows the right thing to do doesn't matter cuz he's standing on the sideline he's not playing he's not suiting up it just it's a problem that will not go away and i don't know what to do about it it's like a cancer you bring in a new coach it's still the same thing the coach can give them all the right information but it's not going to make a difference because it's the same guys making the same mistakes and even if you bring in new guys, it's the it's the cultural issue of guys just not trying, not caring. What are we gonna do? We're we gonna uproot the whole team. There's just there's not enough guys to field a full special teams unit and not have a handful of guys that that aren't prepared, don't care, don't know what they're doing. It's just it's just tiring at this point. And and you know, I'm I'm not gonna say fire rich Pisaccia because. I don't know that you can necessarily get better uh, other than, again, going for the gung-ho route. But, I mean, Rich is that guy. He's that guy that you fight for and you rally for. So so he's all that. So what are we missing? Just execution. We just don't have a team that goes out and does it. You know, Matt LaFleur tells them what to do. They go out there and do it. No. Versace tells them what to do. They go out and do it. No. Barry for all his faults, there are times he tells the guys what to do with it. Savage, how many how many blown plays? Joe Barry didn't call the blown coverage play. Our guys just don't know what they're doing. And this has been the issue all year. And, and that's what we said about Dallas was, hey, that was fun to watch because it looked like they wanted it. It looked like they cared. It looked like they had passion. And you watch this game, and it's just kind of, eh. Drop passes and block kicks and, you know, Bad punts and bad kickoffs and then eh, yeah. Eh, eh. Just no effort, no heart. The the season is literally on the line. I mean our season is basically over right now because we lost to the Titans. And they showed up like they didn't even care.
8: Hey, so honestly just thinking we actually have to push the ball downfield because these short passes. Uh what are we we're getting ready to start the second half. Short passes aren't working. Run game. Sporadically works. I think we've got to push the ball down too. These passes behind the line of scrimmage really are not helping us. So anyway, have a good one.
4: Cheers. Well, this is why I said it was a bad matchup. They're not gonna let us do that. That's that's what that's what they're taking away. They're playing I'm assuming, I don't I don't know, but they're they're gonna play the two high, two safeties. To make sure we can't throw the ball deep. And so our options are run the ball, which we can't really do because they have a very, very good front. <clears throat> and so the only other option is to take what they're giving us and hope that we can make plays. And occasionally we do, but usually we don't because it's very simple. They, they, uh, they cover deep and then when we throw it short, they rally to the to the, uh, the ball carrier and they make a play. And so those are our options. And, and you can see what happens when we try to drop back and push it down the field. There's nowhere to go. And then we have to hear everybody screaming about, oh, these wide receivers suck. They can't get open. There's nowhere to go. We're, we're, we're trying to play into what their defense is not letting us do for the same reason of what you're saying. We have to push the ball down the field. And you're right, we do. But we can't. And they know that. And they're saying, nope, can't do that. You can throw it short if you want, though. That's the complication. And so that's why I said coming into this, you have to run the ball. And if you can't succeed doing that, we're done. We're kind of screwed. And we kind of couldn't. We couldn't do it enough to force them out of that defense to allow us to push the ball down the field. And so, you know, and, and again, you could look at it and say, well, it was just a terrible matchup. We got chances down the line. But, I mean, the Eagles aren't a good matchup. We can't, we can't lose these games and still expect to bounce back. We certainly can't expect this team to go undefeated, even after the Eagles game, and then maybe we slip in. I mean, you can't trust this team to go undefeated. So although this may have been a fluke, it doesn't really matter because we've lost too many games. But but I do think that this was just a terrible matchup from the start. We have a disgustingly bad run defense, and so we had to compensate for that, and that allowed them to throw the ball. And then they threw the ball. They had short third downs. They were able to convert those with Derrick Henry because obviously, and then they have a team that runs you know runs the ball and our defense can't stop the run. And we have a team that tried to run the ball and they 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 have a really good run defense and that's what our whole thing is run the ball well, set up play action but it didn't work. I mean we we had some success, but it's just it's really hard to play and and the the, the bigger issue is you know, this is going to be a slugfest. I mean, you, you can win the game maybe if it's going to be a 17-10 kind of thing. You try to scratch out 17 if you get enough opportunities. But when your defense has given up 27 points to this team and they're holding the ball for an entire quarter, I mean, they literally took the entire second quarter. Yeah, we had the big stop. Great. And then we punted it, went three and out, and they got the ball back. It's as, it's as if they didn't, we didn't have the ball at all. They took away an entire quarter. So anyways we got to take a break at some point here. Uh we're getting a little bit late but I'm trying to trying to get through about half of these. Uh short on time so we'll just take a break and then we'll come back in a minute.
8: Uh, what's the cap hit next year if Darnell Savage just hands off waters to guys on timeouts next year? This is ridiculous. He sucks. I can mess up that much. Honestly.
4: Yeah, so um Darnell Savage he did have his fifth year option picked up. So that means we will not be cutting him, because then it's just all dead cap, because he, it's all guaranteed. However, it's all guaranteed as a salary. So if you trade him, which you could do, you could do that. But who's going to pay $8 million for Savage? So um, that that would be the only real recourse, is that you could trade Darnell Savage away. But again, I don't know who would who would pay $8 million for him, so... He's going to be on the uh, the Packers' rolls next year for $7.901 million. And I don't know that there's a ton that we can really do about that.
1: Hey, uh, What's going on? This is Omar the firefighter. Hey. Uh, watching that station, I just wanted to come and say that I think we're going to be all right, uh, even though uh, a lot of people are worried about Jordan Love. I mean... The coach is doing a great job with these play calls. Like, these wide receivers are, like, wide open a lot. Um, I see Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball, you know, through them tight windows and stuff. I don't know if Love me to do that. But as far as, like, the Watson touchdowns, man, like, he's, like, wide open. Like, just excellent play calling. So, as long as Jordan Love, uh, you know, accuracy ain't all jacked up, he should be ready to rock whenever he goes in. So, win, lose, or draw. I'm still so excited about seeing these young players doing their thing, and that's what I suggest everybody do the rest of the season because, you know, we got some injuries on. Maybe the to win the Super Bowl, go deep for a playoff run. But it's very enjoyable to know that our younger players are stepping up and doing their thing. Watch it look like he can be come a good at least number two. Um And Dobbs looks like a good, good number two, so it's like we should be good. with wide receiver next year? All um, right, go Pat,
4: go! Enjoy. Yeah, I think I think right now Watson's a solid number two. I mean, you know, you look at his stat line. Um, he's not going to be a guy that gets you. I mean, he could be, but generally speaking, he's not going to be that guy that's going to get you the um, eight receptions. You know, Christian Watson is uh, what? What is his stat line here? Six targets, four receptions, forty-eight yards, two touchdowns. So, I mean, he, he's he's going to give you the four or five receptions max. Generally, they're going to be deeper plays, and, and you're probably going to have a couple more touchdowns than than your average wide receiver, especially considering how much they're using him at the goal line, not just the 50-yard bombs. Uh, with his speed and his height, they're really getting a lot out of that. But you've got to have your number one guy. And right now, I would borderline say it's Randall Cobb. Uh, Lazar did have 11 targets, so, I mean, he is the guy, but only caught 5 of them which is crazy. Randall Cobb only had 6 targets and he caught more than Lazard cuz he caught all 6 for 73 yards compared to Lazard's 57. So yeah, the uh situation's bleak and and I I generally agree about the Jordan Love thing and again, I don't I don't know what direction we're going to go. Um there are some passes that Rodgers has and ha- did have in this game that um, I'm not going to say it's impossible for other quarterbacks to get it because we see quarterbacks throw those all the time, but consistently is tough. But that's kind of the issue is we don't have the consistency. You know, Rodgers throws those pinpoint, you know, really, really rare throws to Lazard. And then he comes back and just misses guys across the middle of the field. You know, he missed Lazard, went out in front of him and above him. So it's like even if even if it wasn't in front of him, it still would have been too high, you know. So, I don't know. We don't, we don't need to super worry about all that. But um, I generally agree that uh, I think Love would be able to manage to a degree. But again, the, the biggest issue with this offense or any offense is always consistency. It's not, can you make that really good throw once in a while? Can you make those? Because we know Jordan Love can do that. The issue is consistency every single time, all the way down the field. And when you miss, it's a very rare thing. That's what's going to make you a good quarterback compared to a bad quarterback. So, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Chris Barnes! (laughs) Got another one. Keyshawn Nixon! I'm trying to remember what the... I remember the Chris Barnes play. Keyshawn Nixon. Oh, the re- return, obviously. By the way, am I the only one that keeps having heart attacks when Keyshawn Nixon returns because it looks like it's Darnell Savage's number? I don't know why. I've had that happen so many times, and you would think I would just know by now. But I'm like, is that Savage? And then I freak out, and I'm like, something horrible is going to happen. And then you realize, no, it's not uh, It's not Darnell Savage.
8: i um, sorry, seeing passes go to... Thirteen when Christian Watson's wide open. This is getting.
4: Yeah, I haven't. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of the things that you guys are are seeing. So that's part of the issue. I didn't see the whole guys are running wide open. That there was the the only time I kind of saw it. Um, it really wasn't because Rogers was. I don't. Th- I know this isn't what you're referring to, but it was. Watson would have been wide open, which was exciting. However, Rodgers had pressure rolled to his right, and so Watson, even though he was open, he had to kind of bail out of there and go to his right, and of course that's where all the defenders are, so that wouldn't have worked. I think he completed the pass. I might have been even the big one to, to Randall Cobb. I'm not positive. or I don't know what happened, but uh, I don't know. I'm sure when I go on Twitter later, I'm going to see all the people posting screenshots of open receivers and everything, but I, I didn't notice anything... Uh, Live, not that I usually do, though, because it's hard to tell with the TV copy. Hey, Ryan, it's Britt from Miramax. Hi.
9: Five minutes left in the game. Yep, this team still sucks. Got lucky last week. I wasn't expecting them to win this game. Um, yeah, looks like Alan Lazard doesn't want to play. Aaron Rodgers can't hit wide-open players. Um, Joe Barry, please, Matt LaFleur, for the love of Vince Lombardi, grow a pair and fire the guy. Yeah. Promote Aubrey Pleasant, maybe. I don't know. Defense can't get much worse than this. Again, third and seven, what are we doing? Oh, we're going to play soft and play deep so that Ryan Tannehill on one good ankle, <laughs> and these no-name wide receivers, you know, they get, what, 10, 15 yards on a third and seven.
4: That is a good point, too, the no-name wide receiver, and I mentioned that on the podcast, but that was another part of the issue. Not only does the quarterback look like garbage, and, and Derrick Henry's been struggling, but um, they have nobody to throw to, is, is another complaint. Is we, they have He has no weapons. Sure, certainly didn't look like it.
9: Uh, well, that too worked up because, like I said, I expected them to lose. Joe Barry is terrible. Um, yeah, don't know what else to say. Keyshawn Nixon looks good returning pumps and kickoff. Heck, yeah. Mason Crosby can't even make it to the 15, 10, 15-yard 15 line. He's gotta be done. put the other guy in. I don't know. special teams blocked extra point, blah blah blah. rich Versace is the highest paid special teams coordinator in the n f l and can't get it turned around. No surprise there again, just I don't know. the only highlight is Christian Watson. Yeah, But then again, he had his rookie mistake where he looked back at the quarterback and said, looking up, could have been a different game. I don't know. I also feel, oh, look at that. We sacked Ryan T. Good job, Preston. Anyway. um,
4: (laughs) Preston had a decent day. Apparently the refs aren't
9: calling any holds on Corey Walker tonight.
4: That was a little annoying, Um, the referees. I mean, it wasn't the most egregious thing I've ever seen. It's just annoying when all the calls go one way, you know. It's it's like you see a call that doesn't go in the Packers' favor, and it's like, nah, whatever, you know. He, the, the well, I mean, the Quay Walker one is always bad because you know there's a ref standing right there, so I don't know how you miss that. But then you've got the Christian Watson being—I think it was Watson—the guy's arm across his stomach, so he can't run forward. It's like okay, I, I guess you kind of let it go. Tunyon got pulled, I think, on like the very next play. Well, the ball was a little bit off, I guess. Um, but then they're getting all the calls. So you know, again, that that wasn't the reason we won or lost the game. It's just insult to injury. It makes it all that much more annoying when it's like, you know what? No, you don't get to call that because you didn't call quay you didn't call the christian watson holding at least or pass interference you're not calling all that stuff against us you 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 don't get to call it for them let's just at least call it down the middle we're still going to lose by a hefty margin let's just not add insult to injury the
9: roughing is atrocious
4: those guys were a joke just in general by the way i mean it just it started off with the very first penalty calling the return team, the offense. And then just every single thing he said fumbled out of his mouth and he said everything wrong and backwards and upside down. And then they kept changing things. And it's like, I swear the, the officiating is getting worse. I don't remember stuff like this happening in the nineties. Maybe it's because we had like the same crew forever. Like Ed Hockley (laughs) was Hockley and like all these guys that just, I don't know. They they just did it forever maybe there's just a ton of turnover. I don't recognize any referees anymore. Maybe that's the issue. Nobody wants to do it. No idea.
9: Um I
4: don't know. I don't but know either.
9: That's not even the biggest that's not why the Packers lost. Packers lost because the head coach doesn't have the balls to do anything. He's too nice. let the players walk all over him. Let the players say whatever they want in press conferences. <clears throat> Aaron Rodgers, um, won't fire anybody. You know, I made a comment on Twitter that the only way Joe Barry isn't calling defensive plays is if he gets hurt or sick and can't make it to the game, then it's the next man. Continued. Got cut off there. Anyway, as I was saying, that's the theme of the team is we don't bench Darnell Savage. You know, we actually did cut Amari Rodgers, gave the kid a year and a
4: half. And look what a massive improvement this is. I mean, this is just what happens when you acknowledge not only is this a problem we need to do away with, but we have a very legitimate upgrade candidate, and they still wouldn't do it. They still would put Amari in there and force him in there. When we had a guy that's doing a fantastic job as a returner. Now, I don't know that we have a defensive coordinator just waiting. Or a or a uh, Darnell Savage alternative just waiting to kill it out there. But you're right, it's just they just refuse. Just straight out refuse. But you
9: know we finally cut him, I guess, is the highlight. Well, oh, Keyshawn Nixon can't make it to the twenty. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. I'll wait to hear everybody else have to say. I feeling like it's pretty much the same thing. Pretty much. Um, yeah, it's all I got. We (laughs) suck!
4: Thank you, Mr. Potato Head. Lane, for the updates.
6: Hey, what's going on, Ryan? Uh, From Alabama. Game just went final. We lost by 10, and I kind of got mixed emotions about this game. And one point. I feel like that we showed fights, even though we couldn't execute.
5: Yeah, I agree.
6: Things didn't go our way. And then another point, I feel like we ain't fight hard enough. I don't, I don't know if that makes sense right now, but
4: no, it does. Like I think at halftime. I was thinking, you know, this doesn't feel like it did against like the Lions and all those other. You know, Rodgers looks crisp. The wide receivers are looking good. Like there, there's certain things that still seem okay, even with the defense. You know, it's like if it wasn't for those blown coverages, everything's going to be okay. And then, like I said, and then at, at the conclusion of the game, when I look back, I, I just say, no, it's not. And even the things that were okay, they they gave up, right? The the Jair gave up, Rodgers gave up, Lazard gave up. You know, you got the drops and the bad passes and the blown coverage from, from Jair and and the run defense. You know, it's just, hey, everybody quit, and that's half the problem. So, no, I, I get what you're saying. It, it felt like there's still something to cling to here, and maybe they're still going to be okay. But I think at the end of the four quarters, you look at it and go, no, it's not okay.
6: That's what I'm <laughs> That's where I'm at right now. Uh, I don't know. I said we were afforded one loss. We just lost. So, according to me, in my opinion, we got to go undefeated to make the playoffs, and I don't even think that's likely, man. Right. But I can't just say blow it up because i seen like I've seen enough
4: Fight
6: from them to say don't blow it up if they make sense. Yeah. It's gonna be real, real
4: tough. Here's what I'll say. Um, when we won the Super Bowl back in 2010, I had written the Packers off completely. I said they're 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 done, right? Because they were playing bad, and they fought back, and they fought back, and then you then you go into the playoffs, and it's like, all right, they they limped in. They're not gonna beat the Eagles. And they did. And then, all right, well, they're they're definitely, definitely, definitely not beating the Falcons at home because nobody does. That's never going to happen. Like, we might get to the Falcons. We're not going to beat the Falcons. So it was a good try. We'll see how she goes. And we beat the Falcons. And it wasn't until we got – I mean, the first time I started to believe in the Packers again was when we saw the Steelers. And at that point, I said, there's no way we're losing because this has been just so miraculous to get here. And what I said at that moment was – I'm never counting this team out again until they're completely eliminated. I'm never counting them out. And when we beat Dallas the other day, and it really started to feel like we were coming back and it felt like they were coming alive and everything was happening. I remember just sitting there thinking, you said you wouldn't do it and you did it. And now look at us. And, and and if we go on a run and it feels like we're about to, you're going to be that idiot who again counted this team out before they were done and look at, look at what they're doing. So I'm not going to count them out. I've I'm just I'm not going to. I will tell you mathematically that it seems improbable and based on what I've seen it seems improbable, but until they are officially eliminated, I'm not giving up on them. Because again, I I I had that moment last week with Dallas where I just thought, "You freaking idiot. You said you wouldn't do this again and you did it again." So, I'm going to stick in there with them and I'm going to give them a shot. I'm with everybody that this is a disaster special teams offense defense and it's looking grim, bleak and impossible. But um again, it was a bad matchup. Really bad matchup and if they find a way to dig deep and beat the Eagles, it's not entirely impossible, but just I mean even if they even if you told me that 100% they're going to be back to what they did against Dallas, it's still very difficult. First of all, what they were against Dallas, the defense was still trash, like straight up trash, but even still, it's so hard to go undefeated. I mean, for any team, even really good teams, you just, you, you don't go a half a year undefeated very rarely. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm not going to 100% rule them out, although, you know, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's not going to happen, so <laughs> I don't know what else to say.
6: Like I said, I wasn't back on that playoff train anyway, but I don't think the playoffs is likely. Maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but as a fan, I hope I'm wrong. I don't see it, but as long as I see some fight, maybe we can come back and run it back. I'm not sure. Just let me know what you think.
4: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I'm, I'm there's so many things. It was a bad matchup, and I know I keep saying that, but there there's the every reason to believe that you're going to see that version that we saw against Dallas some other time this year. Whether that's against the Eagles or maybe down the down the line, but at the same time, um depending on when we see it and how convincing it is, we're we're basically that's why I said our season's basically over. Because you're right, we do have to pretty much run the table at this point. Matt LaFleur even said so. I think they asked Kenny Clark what the, the message from Matt LaFleur was and it's it's win or go home. We're in the playoffs right now, basically. But the other the other thought that I had is we may not see it again. Not even anything to do with talent or whatever, just because they're they're done. They're defeated. They they gave up. Um but, you know, again, I, I think best case scenario it's I mean, what what was the best version of this team? It was we ran the ball well. Rodgers was accurate, and and Christian Watson is fast. That's it. And yeah, we could see that again. But the defense is still trash. Um, special teams is still kind of a disaster. Aside from our our newfound returner, so even best case scenario was not a great scenario. I completely forgot the new caller. I should have just started with the new caller, but I forgot. I apologize. We're gonna do the two calls from uh, the new caller, and then um, we're gonna call it for the day. We've got one, two, three, four calls. We're just gonna save them for tomorrow.
1: Hey, Ryan, this is Jonathan from Texas, by hey. way of Colorado. Um, first time caller, please. Aaron, bench,
2: love, start. <laughs> Season's over. That's all I gotta say.
4: Yeah, and again, it's not going to happen until they get uh, mathematically limited. I don't think it will. I don't know. I don't know what Gutekunst is going to do. Uh, we'll see. They they may end up blowing some stuff up after this week. Uh, it kind of felt like they started that with Amari and and uh, Kylan Hill, as far as just saying enough is enough. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens this week and if if people start getting... Let go or whatever. Um uh, again I think Savage is safe just because of his contract and they decided to to get to you know, give him his fifth year option, but um I don't know what other options there would be as far as saying I've had enough of you get out of here. Um but we'll see. We'll see how it goes.
6: Right. One more thing. Yep. On a positive note. I bet you got something to watch him. Five touchdowns
7: in
4: two games. Yeah, right.
6: Come on, man. A
4: doll right there. I want to. I want to look something up real quick. I can't figure out how to. do What I would like to know and can't figure out how to find right now is receivers with five touchdowns in two games. I see Devontae did it once in 2020. He had two touchdowns against Houston and then three against Minnesota. And it looks like that's it for him. So, yeah, I'd, I'd love to be able to go back and see. I don't really know of a way to do that. But anyways, I'm going to get out of here. You folks have yourselves as good a day as you possibly can. Take a, take the night off. Think about it. Gather your thoughts. Call back tomorrow. Let me know what you're thinking. I got to do the same thing. 608 uh, 501 Otherwise, have a good night. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.